on the podcast with you, Pat. This is, this is energizing. <laughs> Truly. I mean, I think we've had another really great week. And, uh, you know, there's some interesting things that we're going to cover today. Actually, thanks to a, a listener shout out, listener Lourdes flagged us on something that is pretty important that really just took over all of our plans for today's episode that we had to cover. Yeah, I think Lourdes, you know, coming in with all of the HOA dirt here, uh, helping us out, which is wonderful uh, because uh, (laughs) some very juicy topics to cover now. Lots of juice. I think that, so we were sent this article from a very scholarly news source called BuzzFeed. And it's just wild to me because it proves that, and it just was posted this week, it was on, on the 24th. And I think it just proves that HOAs are in the mainstream. You know, I feel like, I, I don't know if we're a bit ahead of the curve or we're really riding this wave, but I think some of what we've experienced and what we talked about on our last episode is coming into the forefront. And I mean, I feel like if BuzzFeed's talking about it, I mean, I guess they had to talk about something now that all the Try Guys drama is dying down. And we've got through that news cycle, but this is crazy that there's a whole, and it has like, it has more more than 160 comments. It's got the official flame emoji, meaning that people are really engaging with this. So I think it just people proves are fired that, up about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's crazy. Well, so I was actually after seeing this, and you mentioned like HOAs are in the mainstream. I didn't think I realized how mainstream they really are. Uh, I, I was reading a stat uh, after taking a look at this article that one in five homeowners is in an HOA, Oof. like residential HOAs, not just condo buildings uh, like you and I were in, uh, but, uh, but actual homes you know, in neighborhoods, which I think sounds even worse than being in, in a condo building because yards, fences, garbage cans, you know, there, there's just so much more for, uh, you know, the uh, the the authoritarians of uh, of the HOAs to uh, to glow onto. For sure, and I think in your stories are also the the bits of of uh, of anecdotes that we want to hear. So, you know, as a reminder, we do have our Gmail HOA Nightmares One at gmail.com. We want to hear about your successes, your failures, your you know fiscal nightmares that you might, you know, be encountering in in these associations. So feel free to, you know, drop us a note. And, you know, I think this season we have some guests planned. So perhaps we even, you know, can take some, you know, live calls if we can figure that out, you know, but I I think in in the 2022, in the year of our Lord, we can, you know, make it happen. Nothing would make me happier than a a, a live episode with a listener talking about their HOA. (laughs) I mean, liven in your neighborhood. Yeah. (laughs) That would be amazing. Maybe we could do, could we do a, uh, uh, what is that organization? A a Project Veritas style, uh, you know, uh, undercover move, Pat? Would you, I'd love to ship you into into the Midwest to do an HOA undercover. I mean, put me as a plant. That would be, you know, quite a compelling piece of content. But the liven in your neighborhood, to me, also sounds like a potential, you know, road show of taking this thing on (laughs) the road. I mean, I could see us selling out libraries and elementary schools. I mean, there's there's small I mean, this, cafes, <laughs> little uh, independent booksellers. I there's there's some legs here. 
So Steven, should we get into a couple of let's, these? Yeah, let's dive into these. I want to talk about your favorites. Uh, you know, there's Oof. a lot of there's a lot of anecdotes here in this article, so we probably can't hit them all. But I'd love to hit some of your favorites. Um, yeah, my, and, I mean, kind of bounce around here for sure. And I think what's so interesting too is is especially for people that like both of us. I think you know when you're going through the home buying process and you're looking at so many things of affordability, financing. Um, amenities, you know, what does the place look like? What kind of work? I feel like no one has ever coached me on, like I knew there was an association. I knew that I had to get their approval to live here, but I feel like some of the recurring themes that are so fascinating to me is that people don't really know what they're walking into when they move into these neighborhoods, whether it's in a building or in a house. Um, I mean, it, it, and some of these stipulations that, you know, you think you good into your new space, you have, it's your sanctuary, right? It's your, you're free to do, you know, live as you see fit. And then all of a sudden some of these rules come in and really kind of dispel that notion, which I think is really tough. I think um, what happens in a, in a way, especially when we're thinking about these as neighborhoods and not necessarily as, you know, uh, large multifamily buildings like you and I have experienced. But when you're in your neighborhood, you're buying a home the seller does not want to put themselves in a position where you as the buyer don't want to close and you as the buyer don't want to have to walk away from this house. Right. But in your, in, you know, in the contract to buy a home, you're then agreeing to join this HOA. And, you know, there can be a little bit of the honeymoon period where you're like, ah, sure. this is fine. And you don't really know what's going to happen. You don't know the stories. You don't know the background. The seller is not going to just drop a bunch of dirt on you to say two doors down is the devil himself. You know, he's going to he's going to come over and inspect your trash right. cans every morning. So I think people do walk into these things really not with their eyes open. And that can be yeah. incredibly frustrating. Oh, for sure. And and also, too, I think one of the other themes that seemed to kind of carry through in some of these stories in this article was there also seems to be some uh, uh, sometimes lack of consistency. So it's like, well, you might be dinging me for this one thing, but why can my neighbor you know, do this? I think this was one of like the funniest, um, like the, the funniest thing that uh, I had read in this piece was um, about the, the the wrecked cars. And so I think, you know, especially living in South Florida where people disregard all, you know, common courtesy and traffic laws, like this is a more <laughs> salient thing for me. But um, this one states, the HOA we currently live in is pure chaos, so wishy-washy. We had a wrecked car parked in our driveway for a couple of days. Mind you, we had told the HOA of this because we were not sure what to do with the car and the insurance was doing a claim on it. Anyway, the HOA went back on their permission, even though we clearly had it in writing, got a fine for having a car illegally parked in our driveway. And they go on that the neighbor next door had a car parked on the street with expired tags that they have not moved since they had moved in and the HOA does nothing. So it's kind of this like funny thing where it's like, you're in a car wreck, you're in the midst of insurance adjusting, which is a fight in and of itself. And going through, you know, a lot of challenges, you mean, what if they needed that car to get to work or take their kids to sports or whatever? It's like, there's so many other things that happen in an unfortunate accident. And obviously you hope that everyone's okay. But then to have this added layer of saying that their car is illegally parked in their own driveway is absolutely maddening. And then the fact that then you see a car that's just sitting dormant with expired tags and you know that that is not illegally anything like that car technically is now illegal the tags are expired 
So it's like, I think that yeah, to me would I, also be maddening. I mean, I think you've got to, yeah, you got to wonder a little bit about the favoritism of, of this. It's, you know, who, who's on, who's on the best side of the, the HOA here. Right. Um, I, I'm jumping down this article a little bit, but I really liked the one that talks about, this is, this is number 14 here. Uh, uh, my old HOA banned us from putting up hate has no home here signs. Um, you know, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I just, I just love that. You know, it, it is, it is illegal in your HOA to declare that, uh, that, that you, you know, hate, hate isn't allowed. Uh, hate to see that. Uh, hate so to some see of it. these, you know, some of these aren't necessarily financially damaging, but just hilarious that, you know, all these, all these very strict rule following is, is, is pretty hilarious. This one also got me. The HOA where I used to live held a meeting to find me over my unmowed yard. I had a broken ankle and was in a boot. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I think in that, and that's the other thing too, where it is, it's like, there has to be, I think it's so hard, and especially like right now, the, the, the world in which we live where everything is so inflammatory and, you know, it's so, everything is so polarized when the reality is like, there are shades of gray to everything. And I think approaching with compassion or at least solutions, you know, is, is so important in this instance, because I mean, here's this poor woman who had a broken ankle and was in a boot. Like, what is she supposed to do? You know, I think it's like, is she then required to pay for a lawn service? Like I know a lot of people that, I mean, like even growing up, like mowing your lawn is exercise. It's a ritualistic thing. Like, you know, I don't know, like it, it's just something that you do. And so I don't know. I, I just kind of think like what, I would love to hear the HOA's, you know, answer to that and like, well, figure it out. Is there a grace period? Are they giving credits for a preferred vendor to come cut the grass? Like, you know, I just, I have to wonder like what else goes into the decision-making because it sometimes not only feels arbitrary, but it can sometimes feel really cruel. I think it's tough, especially, I mean, in that circumstance, you know, you, you've got to wonder like how big are these neighborhoods, you know, how sure. well does everybody know each other? And, you know, I think if, if you've got a, if you've got a tight knit neighborhood, everybody kind of knows each other, you can make those kind of, you know, those, those kind of, uh, exemptions. But at the same right. time, if you also have that tight knit neighborhood, you don't need an HOA because everybody can probably handle things like an adult. Um, yeah, sure. so that is tough. Uh, you know, is homes get built and things turn over. Like, you know, people don't, people don't know each other as well as they used to. And then you got to institute true. these rules. Uh, this wasn't, I don't think it was in this, this article, but uh, uh, in, in preparing for, for this, as, as you and I both do, spending you know, 10 to 20 hours a week prepping for, for each, of these, uh, each of these episodes, uh, I was reading something that said, you know, the, the, the people who are the most well-behaved are the ones that get hurt the most by the rules um, oh. that get based on people who did things wrong. Uh, and they talked about this this uh, example of in a condo building, some woman used to release her pet rabbits into the hallway of the building to let them get some exercise. And the sure. rabbits would make an enormous mess and people would like try to, you know, try not to step on them and things like that. But she would just release them, close her door, let them run around and then come back in an hour and collect them. And so they had to institute no uh, animals can be in a common space unleashed, you know, without okay. a leash. Sure. Uh, and obviously that makes sense in the context of just loose feral rabbits. But, <laughs> sure. you know, if your well-behaved dog is, is with you, you know, walking right. from the elevator to your, your door, 
now you're in a position where you get fined. Uh, so that's yeah. tough. God, the rabbit thing is just... <laughs> sorry, I'm having a hard... Because I'm getting the mental picture of, you know... <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah, the hallway it's just a, filled with rabbits i mean i mean you don't want to yeah you don't want to be in the in the in the firing line of the five o'clock you know uh stampede it's yeah it's like it's it's like mufasa in the in the lion king there i want to the rabbits get released and you just get mowed down i want to look at like the the cctv footage of the rabbit release (laughs) you know like what does it look like as it's going through that is it's so true and it is so crazy because like in our building we have there's some lease policies and everything, but we have the, so someone on our floor that has an older dog, very well behaved, um, and very good on leash. Like I've never encountered a dog this well trained, and it you know it's nice like to you know chit chat on coming off the elevator and catching up on some things, and you know saying hello or assisting. At, like I remember there was one time um, she was carrying some groceries and you know, asked her if like she needed an extra hand, and you know like just little things that like yeah the dog yeah. was not bothering anybody and it was totally fine off leash like and no one would say a word and you know that is but yeah the rabbits that really <laughs> that really takes the cake that i don't know that it's just yeah i mean you know me. that's and that's where you know so many of these very specific rules probably come from those instances where somebody is just playing fast and loose oh with, for sure with common decency um for sure but well, i can the, say i mean I, I can say very very recently i came home from dropping her son off at, at uh, daycare and was greeted by my neighbor's dog on our front porch, just hanging out. Um, and, you know, it's, this is eight o'clock in the morning and he wasn't bothering anybody. He was very friendly. Sure. Uh, and so I just walked him back to their house and just rang the doorbell and he very, you know, very passively went inside like it was nothing. Uh, sure. And it was no big deal. Yeah. Um, and I think my neighbor was mortified, but uh, that I found their dog, but uh, <laughs> but it was it was totally fine, right. you know it was no big deal and I didn't mind. So I think hopefully those are the circumstances where you know people can handle it like adults as opposed to you know raising For sure. Well, and you have to also wonder. I mean, going back even this this other one uh, number three on this really got me as a, uh, a loving uncle of um, many nieces and nephews now. You know, and, and doing activities with them and even things that I remember growing up as a kid that were really fun for us. Um, you know, this, this anecdote was our HOA has decree, uh, has a decree against sidewalk chalk. There was, this was especially apparent during the pandemic when kids were kept at home and looking for something to do. HOA rules make no sense half the time and are heavily slanted against the underrepresented on the board because the same old nosy busybodies are the ones who actually want to be on the board. Literally saw one lady wait for a mom and her two young kids to come back from a walk to tell her to clean up the sidewalk chalk outside their garage door. I'll just never understand. And that, that to me is such a bummer. It's like, it's sidewalk chalk. It will wash off in the rain and it's fun, you know, for kids. Like, come on, sidewalk chalk, really? What, like, I guess I just would want to hear, like, what is the good reason for policing sidewalk chalk to such a degree? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I put it out to the listeners. If anybody's got an experience yeah. with, with this situation or other unrealistic, you know, situations, you know, can you fill us in? Yeah, please check you know, us. I mean, unless you're in a place that really is very not kid-friendly or whatnot, you know, that's tough. You know, I, I, I think even in the condo building I lived in, there were kids all over the place 
there's certainly kids all around my neighborhood now. And, you know, that's just part of where you live For and, sure. and, and, and what you're doing. Um, I think, you know, I remember being, a, you know, a, a young feral child myself and <laughs> you're just running rampant around a neighborhood causing mischief. Right. And that's, that was the best part of, of living in a small neighborhood. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and the, the other beautiful thing, too, for our listeners, that if you're unwilling to send an email or if you have, if it's easier, you can find us on Instagram as well at HOA Nightmares and you can send us a DM uh, if you're not following us. So, you know, that's another way that you can really tell us what is the war on sidewalk chalk and, you know, like what what's the deal? But I agree. Even here, there's a lot of kids in our building now. And I think as there's been more renters that come in, so some folks aren't staying terribly long, but you know, we face the pool and it's like, I don't mind, you know, you hear kids, you know, splashing and playing and hooting and hollering. And it's funny because then I feel like I start to turn into that person. If it's like, if it's a group of like older teens, like there was a group one day that I was like, keep my eye on you guys. And I felt myself sliding into like Clint Eastwood territory. (laughs) Like what kind of trouble are you guys getting up to? And then in my head, I was like, how stupid they're just being idiot teenagers. Like, was your, was your finger do. just poised poised over the call manager button? <laughs> Basically, I was yeah. growing like the Kate Gosselin haircut. Yeah. You know, my, the back started to get spiky and you know chunky blonde highlights. But um, it's like they were not doing anything. They just were being like dumb kids. And I was there trying to get some reading time in by myself, and it was fine. But it was this just like funny thing where you're watching, be like, God, I'm so thankful that I'm not like 16 anymore. You guys are jerks <laughs> it is easy to slide into those situations though because i've felt myself sure. doing something similar where you know one of my neighbors is playing music in the evening mm-hmm. on the weekend which they have every right to do sure not even very loudly but uh you know there are moments when it's difficult to get my son to bed mm. maybe he's sick maybe i'm sick whatever the circumstances sure uh and i'm terrified that music is going to wake him up mm. and i you know that fiery rage bubbles up yeah. and you're like if you wake my if you wake my infant up like i'm right. gonna kill you yeah uh, but you know they have every the, the point of being able to live here is like oh I, I also want to be able to like hang out on my my back porch sure. or in my yard and you know have a fire pit or play music and they can't oh too. for sure uh but yeah uh, except if you wake up my child and then you yeah. die now, I mean, at that point, it's like, then I guess, what is your strategy? We're doing some, adding in some white noise machines. Are we putting Oh, yeah, on, big, you know? big white noise, big white yeah. noise machine. Uh, you know, we'll probably get some hate mail from, from people who are like, you're going to ruin your son's hearing. So let's get into that. <laughs> let's, let's definitely get, let's get the, let's get the parenting hate mail going sure. uh, on that issue. Um, let's turn this into parenting nightmares. Really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so there's a little bit of white noise machine, definitely holding it below the 40 decibel mark. Uh, yeah, for all go. those moms out there who are about yeah. to hit me up on Instagram. Um, but uh, yeah, try, you know, and then just try to moderate that. I mean, he's, he's got to live his life. He's going to have to learn that the for world sure. is a noisy place. Uh, yeah. And then, That's you know, I just, I just hold the hate deep down inside and yeah. save it for therapy. That's, I mean, that's, that's a very wise thing to do. I mean, I think that, you know, I'm sure that my therapist will eventually get an earful, at, you know, as shadow board. There's a lot of other things that I'm, that are cooking in my psyche that I'm, Absolutely. I'm working through. I, I feel good being a job stuff. creator for the, you know, there in you that go. way. For you sure. Know, the therapy, the therapy industry needs, you know, they, they need to keep it going. Right. No, absolutely. And I think that, you know, the other thing too, that I also wonder 
you know, with, with all these rules, you know, with your neighbor, I've always felt like if you're communicative, like if someone knocks on my door to be like, hey, I'm having a party, you know, or, or this is this thing is happening, you know, please let us know. Like, for example, I did this with my next door neighbor who I know is home a lot. He's a super nice guy. He's really laid back and easygoing. But last year for around the Thanksgiving holiday, we hosted a whole gaggle of Colombians in our very small condo. And it was a blast. But I mean, we had like like 22, I think it was like 22 people, like friends and family. 22 people in your house? In, in our tiny one bedroom, we like moved furniture. We brought in eight foot tables that clear that stretched from one end of our kitchen bar all the way to the sliding glass door um jose's dad brought a bunch of like flower arrangements like we really did it up like it was it was an incredible thing to accomplish in a relatively small space but somehow like it all worked and it was so much fun but it was loud like that we had music going there was conversation we you know had a nice meal and you know it, it was loud and so i told him i was like hey um you know just so you know this is what's happening and he was like well, that sounds like a blast enjoy you know but i feel like you're communicating you're not like calling the cops or you know sending yeah. a tersely worded email to the board to be like this i'm complaining about the noise he was like yeah cool and, and then afterward i was like hey we've got some leftover dessert like you want you know some pie you know it's like i think what you said is so important too it's the neighborly thing you know it's yeah. it's communicating being a good neighbor recognizing if you might be a little rowdy and then letting go yeah and i think that having those introductions makes all the difference we had a we had a black party in our neighborhood uh about a month ago because so many people have, have sort of joined, you know, joined the neighborhood and moved in and haven't met anybody. You know, we barely met anybody in our neighborhood because of the pandemic. You know, we moved in, yeah. we had an infant. It, you know, we just didn't get out uh, and, and walk around and see everybody. So it was great to meet everybody. And I think once you've met people, you can't quite be such a monster as much. Sure. Because now you've looked them in the eye and, you know, that helps a little bit. Um, and then people can watch out for you too. I, uh, you know, our, our neighbors have pulled in our trash for us. I've done that for sure. them. It's it's nice to have that kind of that kind of community. Um, oh, absolutely. Before you have to, you know, go lay down the law. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally totally true. I mean, this other one that really um, got me like really in the feels was part of this article. My mother was in the hospital dying from cancer when she received a letter from the HOA of her condo complex that her patio curtains needed to be white, not blue. Oh, I saw that one too. That one Where does that land with you, Stephen? Yeah, where that does that land with you? That one's devastating. I think, I think that's, that's one where you immediately put that thing up for sale. For sure. <laughs> for yeah, sure. It's, time to, it's time to go. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine... I don't know. I guess I think about like in our building, I mean, there's been some weird things that have happened and there's, there's been these like relatively passive aggressive reminders to everyone when you know, like it's only one person, like a great example of this is we have. So since we're right on the water of our pool deck, um, we face the bay. And so we have these giant umbrellas that are awesome. So we have two barbecues down there, some picnic tables. It's a great place to hang out on the weekends grill you know it's it's open for anyone a lot of people use it it's been a great addition a great amenity 
So one of the things that we said though was, you know, send a note when we spent a lot of money on these really nice giant umbrellas. Is hey, whenever you're finished, please just like put them down because you know we live in a place where the wind can whip up quickly and start to you know bend things or you know and 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 it was one of those things where it was happening a few times and actually we did we had a storm pass through and someone had left it open and it basically destroyed it we had to replace it and thankfully there was still like a warranty and we were able to like do it okay but it was one of those things where a whole note went out and whereas like my point was i was like well who was down there like, I think that, sure, you can send a note out to everyone and remind them, sure, everyone needs reminders. But I was like, I think we also need to make sure and hold that person responsible who left it open. Or at least, like, remind them, like, hey, yeah. like, next time you're going to have to pay for this, not the building. I don't know. Am I, am I, is that too harsh or is that not harsh enough? What do you think? I think that so much of this is like a gut check and I sometimes never know. It's also circumstantial, which is tough. Um, you know, and then everybody, you know, people can complain like you're picking on me or whatever. Sure. But it's hard. So it's hard in that regard. But I think if you, you know, if you know who it is or, you know, they're a repeat offender, you know, sending them a specific message to say, hey, look, you got to do this. Like you're yeah. hurting the yeah. team. You know, that's that's tough. I mean, I've been I think you and I have both been in the situation where being on the board, you are sending those you know, messages to everybody, sure. knowing full well it's one person in particular right, that right. you're reminding people. <laughs> you know, you can't have, you can't shoot your guns off your balcony right. at 3 a.m. Right. You know, and it's not that all 72 owners are doing that. It's that right. one owner happens to be doing that. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I don't know. That's that's a tough situation because at the same time you don't want to call them out publicly. For sure. Um, where For sure. everybody else in the building knows that you're talking about that person. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's very it's very challenging in that regard. <laughs> oh, for sure. And I think I there's – it's a tough one. That's I mean, this, really again, is where the listeners – like, you guys come in handy because there's absolutely more situations where, you know, everybody's getting a note and everybody knows exactly who that note is about. Right. Uh, <laughs> And it's, you know, undoubtedly something probably embarrassing or, you know, borderline illegal. And, yeah. uh, you know, we want to we hear about it because it's not enough for just your neighborhood to know. We want the entire nation to know. <laughs> the, the whole of the Internet. I know. We had one. We had a funny one that there was this woman. She was a little bit older, but she um, kept pouring, like, she would take her pan and like pour the hot grease down the trash chute. Oh no. And obviously that's problematic for many reasons. Um, and so she was owner approached. Owner renter? Owner. Okay. So owner that would, and to me I'm like, how crazy, cause I knew where her unit was and it was like down the hall. So she had to have a decent trek to the trash room and you know, she was confronted by the property management and it was hilarious because she kept denying it. And she was like, that wasn't me. Like, why would you, you know, and, and, kept, and the, this happened twice. So finally the property manager was like, we have you on the camera. Like I watched you do it and had showed her the footage. He like brought it up on his phone. He's like, this is you doing it. So, and then she was like, okay, I won't do it again. <laughs> but I just thought it was so wild, like the gall of some people when they're knowingly doing something that they know 
they not only should they not be doing, but it was harmful because like it was melting some of the like the bags in the dumpster, which was in like attracting rats and but like all these ripple effects of like why should you not dump hot grease several stories up like into a dumpster? And oh wait a second! I thought you were talking about just dumping hot grease down the drain. I oh, did. I no, think no, I no, misheard no. you. She was going to the trash chute and just going to pour- the trash chute, pouring it down the chute. Oh my gosh! Like a no-no. That is a that's no-no. an e- oh, that's a big no-no. <laughs> yeah, that's like it was. No-no. It was well, like the tr- I think problems. there's a sub. There's a substantial misunderstanding about the, what the trash chute is for because. Oh yes. Uh, we had full size Hoover vacuums put down the trash chute, <laughs> uh, like stand up you know, big old school vacuums uh, put down, had to be, had to be uh, dislodged for a fee <laughs> by the property management company. That was fun. That's um, brutal. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like that was, that was another situation where it's the same people. Why does the trash chute always get clogged on the second floor? Right, right. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder. <laughs> uh, yeah. Totally. So it, those things are tough because... You, you you can kind of pinpoint what's going on there. Oh yeah, I gotta say though, a silver line. I mean, a, 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 I feel like trash chutes are always a point of contention. But I do have to share that when my sister came down to visit with my nieces, um, you know, they've always lived in houses. So the idea of condo life was like very eye opening for them. They loved getting to press the elevator yeah. to go up to the floor. You know, it was a whole different way of life that they had never experienced before. And one of my nieces in particular was quite taken with the idea of a trash chute and loved like coming with me, taking the trash out. <laughs> she was so taken with it that she, for that year for Halloween, was a trash chute. She was and a trash chute. <laughs> she was a trash chute. And I helped engineer the box. She had like a working flap in the front to, you know, as a receptacle. Um, and I put my eighth grade home ec skills to uh to the test and i was sewing straps so she had the box on with straps to be comfortable and she that year really cleaned up so the people would put the candy in her trash chute um (laughs) and and uh it was a big hit i mean but she was steadfast in her desire to be a trash chute for halloween well you know good imagination uh goes a long way for Uh, sure I, I gotta, I gotta hand it to her. I would not have thought of a trash chute. Nor maybe, would I. Uh, maybe there's time to switch my son's costume from, <laughs> so, uh, uh, from uh, what it is, uh, tiny baby uh, Yoshi into oh, a trash chute. For sure. I mean, it was hard for me because I didn't want to. I didn't have the heart to tell her like, hey, when you grow up, being an adult is just being a constant trash chute, a receptacle for work problems, society's like she, problems. She, she, that's going to haunt her again as, a, as probably a, a high school slash college oh. student when somebody's going to find for out sure. about that. And then for she's sure. called, and then she's just called trash shoot for an entire semester. <laughs> it's fair. Look, a lot could happen, but at least, you know, hopefully that'll prepare her for her inevitable turn as an HOA condo president uh, yes. at some yes. point. She can take, well, she can take that trauma and she can, she can really, you know, pour sure. that into her work as an <laughs> HOA tyrant. Um, and uh, I think you're going to have to give her a larger share of your your inheritance. Uh, oh, for sure, Pat. Because 
you know, she's going to be for at least one to two semesters just referred to as dumpster girl. <laughs> I mean, I hope not for, for her sake and for my sister's sake and their insurance for their, for her therapy bills. But yeah. it did make for some hysterical photos. She, I bet. and amazing. she killed it. Like, I feel like she also really owned it and she, you know, the innocence of children, there's nothing better. It's amazing. It's amazing. Perfect. Well, this will be our last episode before Halloween, so I cannot think of things that are scarier than being on an HOA and some of the things we encounter, but Stephen, you guys have any plans? How are you going to be celebrating, or, or uh, who will you be policing in the neighborhood? Uh, uh, I'm going to, yeah, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be policing aggressively in the neighborhood. Good. Um, Good. Uh, I mean, with a, a small infant, we'll probably do a, 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 a late afternoon candy run around the neighborhood, and sure. then everybody will be in bed by 8 p.m. Smart. You know, as is typical. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, since Halloween is on a Monday, you know, probably right. won't be doing anything too, too wild. Uh, there's actually a Halloween parade this Saturday uh, oh, in the nice. neighborhood, which will be fun. So all the kids will dress up and we'll wander around. That's uh, That would be some, a blast. Some drinks for the adults, etc. Great. Nothing yeah. better. What about you guys? You know, nothing too too crazy. Um, I It is a lot of fun. So on the other side of, so where our building is on the street, there's a, kind of a main thoroughfare. And then the other side of the island is all residential homes. And there's the ones on the perimeter are big bucks. I mean, they're multi-million dollar these giant houses, and a lot of them really turn it out for Halloween. So often, I mean, That's Jose when you and I get the full size candy. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and so, I mean. It's fun to go, like, just take a walk. Like, we'll, we actually, that's part of our, like, running route when we go. And so what we've done in a few years past is just go kind of see the decorations, walk around, um, you know, get get some steps in, see the decorations, look at the, the cute costumes, say hello to some folks. And um, it's a nice kind of way to get a little exercise, be outside, enjoy the weather, um, since it is still you know, fairly warm down here. Uh, we're starting to get into that time where the humidity is less, which is great. So... Yeah, I'll probably just keep it keep it really really chill. Um, it, it should be really nice. But you know, as always, we are so grateful to our listeners. Um, so happy to be back. I'm I'm just feeling so energized even talking about these topics again. And uh, like we said during the episode, we definitely want to hear from you. So please feel free give us a follow. Talk to us a little bit about maybe some of your um, stipulations in your building at HOA Nightmares on Instagram and HOA Nightmares One at gmail.com. We look forward to. Uh, to, to take in some of your, your queries, your criticisms, hopefully your praise, because I am deeply fragile and need to be liked. Um, Pat, can we throw that article up on, uh, up on social? Absolutely. Because we only absolutely. read a few of them, and you know, there's, some, there's some gold in there. For uh, sure. I will, that's good. We, that will definitely be up on Instagram here shortly. But yeah, please and, contribute uh, to, uh, to the podcast, uh, you listeners out there. Nothing, nothing gets Pat and I more excited, more riled up than reading other people's problems so yeah please please entertain us <laughs> exactly it's so so true we've used as really a symbiotic thing it's this is a you know while podcasting is famously a an audio medium only we view this as really a two-way street you know we would definitely want to feed off of you and, and if we can try to help in any way we will always you know do our very best or do our very best to you know really have you stick it to somebody i mean i think that would be Stephen and i can be quite spiteful so um, don't be afraid to to ask us for you know some petty um, responses to life's problems. Yes, I'd I'd love I'd love to fuel uh, 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 some sort of a feud within your neighborhood. I'd love <laughs> to be I'd love to be the gunpowder that sets it. 
Exactly. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for your time as well. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll be hearing, you'll be hearing from us very, very soon. Stay safe this Halloween. Alrighty.